0: give an honor to God my pastor and my awesome first lady the elders and ministers and training and leaders of this church it is an honor to stand before you this morning I don't take this lightly to stand before you I'm humbled to be standing here amen I want to thank my pastor for giving me this opportunity to preach and stand before you to preach the uncompromised gospel amen 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 so, I have a few questions I want you to ponder before I give you my title this morning. So, go with me. Have, how many of you have been on a vacation? You don't have to raise your hands, but think about it. You had to plan for it, you had to decide where you want to go, uh, your budget, all the details of how you would travel. Anyone ever planned a wedding? It's a lot of details with the wedding. Weddings take time to plan, especially if you want more than 100 people and they have to come in from out of town. You have to make plans. We're talking about plans if you haven't got it yet. Amen. What about planning to go to college? If you need financial aid, there's a few hundred pages you have to fill out with your taxes, and it's a lot of stuff to get uh, financial aid for school. What about purchasing a home? Um, when I pr- purchased my first home 25 years ago, I promised I signed 50 sheets of paper. It's streamlined now. I think it's about 12 or 13. But that was a lot of paper. But you had to plan to do that. I didn't wake up one morning and say, uh, I'm just going to go on vacation. I didn't. When I was planning weddings and, and getting married, I didn't just say I was going to do that. I had to plan for it. So who do you think is the best planner of all time? God. Amen. He's the best wedding planner ever, according to Revelations 19. So we're going to read Jeremiah 29 and 11, and I'm going to read it in um, the Amplified Version. And it reads, for I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being, not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. So I have a, a, it's very quick, but this ring I have on my finger, if I was, I'd actually zoom in on it, but you couldn't read it. But uh, when I got divorced 10 years ago, I um, got this ring, and on it, was, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah 2911. Because when you go through a traumatic event like that, you ask God, especially when you're a Christian, like, what's the plans? Was this the plan? Amen? Right. So I thank God, I, I keep this uh, on my finger to, re- to remember, God has plans for you. He has plans no matter what you go through, he still has plans. In Proverbs 16, 3, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Proverbs nineteen twenty one says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but the Lord's purpose that prevails. So this morning, I want to talk for a few moments on your assignment. What do you know, and what are you doing about it? Your assignment, what you know, what do you know, and what are you going to do about it? And if that sounds familiar, our pastor preached that, amen, I just add the, what are you going to do about it? So that's what we're going to talk about today, the plans of God, and what are you going to do about what he showed you. If you don't know anything at this point, our pastor has taught us, according to Matthew 28, that we are to be disciples of men. That we are to evangelize, to be witnesses. Uh, If you take care of God's business, he promises he'll take care of yours. Getting into your divine assignment is just not going to happen. It's intentional. Like I just read you about the plans. Those were intentional. You didn't just happen on vacation. You had to plan for it. So we're going to talk about it this morning. Y'all ready? Jeremiah 1 and 5. And I'm going to read that in the Amplified Version. But before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I've appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. God told Jeremiah this. So he, he was a prophet called by God. So you can put your name in there. Before Jan was in the womb, he knew you. He knew all about you. God is not guessing about you. He has the plans for you. Amen. So when pastor started teaching this subject, if you listen to any one of my shows, I'm always talking about your assignment. I'll start talking about something else and it'll lead over to your purpose and your assignment. Because I just believe that is so important. You would never be fulfilled in life if you don't do what you were born to do. It breaks my heart that people do not fulfill their life. So I, I thought about this the other day, and I, I kept wondering why I kept getting the same reaction. So I, um, I haven't watched the movie in the whole totality, but I know the, the ending of it. The movie called Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. Well, the end of that movie, every time I pass it on the TV, I just get this sad, yicky feeling because it has an awful ending. They spent 50 years in jail for a crime they never committed. They were innocent, and they was always planning to get out. When they got ready to get out, the jailer died. You know, it was just always something, but the reason it made me so sad is because they wasted their lives. I don't know, and I I didn't think I would have that reaction but uh, it breaks my heart because it is one of the things that I long for to see everyone, especially when you are called bloodbought and you are a soldier in the army of God that you know what you were created to do. It makes your life rich. It makes it meaningful. Amen? You waste your time. You waste your life. So we don't want to waste our time. Amen? So Pastor gave us three points from this series and they were, find it, follow it, and fulfill it. Y'all remember that? Yeah, it was so good. So I'm going to take that same spin, and I'm going to add to it. So find it, my number one point, is get encouraged to find it. Get encouraged to find it. If you're not encouraged to find your assignment, will you find it? If you're not motivated to find it, will you find it? You'll just be going 8 to 5, 9 to 5, just, just living for Friday, however they say it. But you got to get encouraged. So a scripture that's always been so dear to me as a baby Christian is Jeremiah 29, 13. I'm also going to read that in the Amplified. Then with a deep longing, you shall seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's everything you are, everything you have. That's not 10 minutes, just like we talked about the plans. That's in a continual relationship with the Lord. You will find him when you seek him with all your heart. Are you encouraged enough to find it? Sometimes we want it to fall out of the sky with no effort on our part. But don't don't you want to know, young and old, don't you want to know, sometimes you have to have access where you really are trying to find. First of all, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? That are you going to heaven? That's the first assignment. It's important that you get encouraged and stay encouraged, stay accountable, and stay humble. Amen? I remember when I was a young Christian, I mean young, I was, uh, my breath was smelling like Similac, like they said, I was, But I was Radical. I was radically saved. My life totally changed day and night. I was a new creature, and I have about three people in here that could witness my before and after. Amen. I was, woo. I I changed. Amen. I was a new creature. So I have some questions for you. Are you ready to hear? Amen. Are you hearing and listening to what is being preached at this church? If you go to this church, if you don't go to this church, do you listen uh, to the preaching at your church? You listen to what is being said. Do you look for the signs? Do you see what's going on around you? Because there's a lot going on around us today. Are you listening? In case of your ways, to your life group leader. Are you the difficult person? Can you take correction? Now remember, we're talking about we're talking about getting encouraged. This is how you get encouraged. I know it's gonna it's gonna all come together. So I want you to go with me. You must decide you're going to leave the old mentality, how you ran in the world, how smart you was, and how many degrees you had. It means nothing in the kingdom. Even Paul talked about it in Philippians seven and eight. For, but whatever former things were gained to me, these things. They were once regarded as advancements in merit. I have come to consider as loss, absolutely worthless. That's what the Amplified says, for the sake of Christ. I don't know, Paul put it so plain. And he, you know, he was a big, uh, big person. He knew the word, but he didn't know Jesus, but he had everything. But he said, I count it as nothing that I gain Christ. So one thing, one problem I see with new Christians is that they forget about that part. You, you can't take your old thought life into your new life. You have to have a renewing of the mind, which Romans 12 and 2 says, to renew your mind with the word of God and be transformed. I see a lot of people trying to transform their own mind. Well, I just think I need to. Well, you probably don't think you need to do that. We, we have break up with your brain, amen? Some of us need to keep that on on a repeat over and over again, I'm one of them. Break up with your brain, break up with how you think about it, and how you feel about it. Because sometimes we, you know, our emotions are mixed up in different things. Amen. So we have to do what the word says. Number two, follow, follow, get moving, get moving. You know, I, uh, I love the word. And John 5, I, John 5, 1 through 9, I call this the deliverance deliverance book. And it's the the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. And, you know, he laid there, uh, couldn't move. He was withered. He was lame. And it talks about how the angel came down to, that he would come down a certain time of season and move the water, trouble the water. So if you were, if you had a disease, you can go and you know, jump in and be healed. So this man has sat by the pool for 38 years. That's a long time to sit by a pool and say, I wish I could get healed. I wonder, can I get over there? i never forget, Pastor, you preach the sermon. If you lay somewhere for 38 years, at least you can scoot every, you know, every nine, and then you can put your toe or something there. 38 years. And that's so true. Life is full of distractions, so when are you going to do it? When are you going to do what God has called you to do? Even when you start following it, you will have the temptation to, you know, the I got a spirit. Don't worry about it. I'm good. You know, oh, I'm going to heaven. Um, I, I'm afraid of that person. You know, you need people. You need people to help you live out this journey. Amen. The enemy is going to come for you the same way he came in the world. If you were tempted to do drugs, he's going to come. If you were tempted to drink, he's going to come that same way. So he's not going to stop coming, but you need to decide what you're going to do. You're going to get moving and get moving is keep moving. Do you move a little bit and stop? You know, you got to keep moving like a moving target. You got to keep moving because the Lord is with you. So I'm back to the deliverance part of that scripture. Um, I always, you know, when I'm talking to people about getting whole and healed, I always hear myself say, well, do you want to get wet? Well? well, I got this condition, and they told me in 1992 I wouldn't be able to eat shrimp or just whatever. I've heard every kind of story. I even talked to people who said, you know, I said in a very loving way, of course, because we speak in love. We're Christians. Hey, do you want to be delivered, you know? Do you want to be delivered? Well, this person called their demons in the third person with the curse word and said, "No, they they love their demons. They didn't call them demons. They called that curse word. So there's nothing you could do with that person. So you have to decide." Are you going to be that person that just have all these excuses? You know, challenges come to everybody. The trials of life will come to everybody. We were not all born in ideal situations, so you have to make a choice. You have to get moving. And we know the end of the story, and if you don't, Jesus came and said, will you be made whole? He didn't let him talk a lot. I like that. He just said, do you want to walk? Well, get up and walk. And that happened, amen? So, let's get moving. Quit it with the blah, blah, like my pastor say. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of words to say and a lot of reasons. My daddy wasn't there. So what? God is with you, amen? And that leads me to Joshua. I love Joshua. Pastor preached um, in 2020, now. It just still rings into my head, now. When are you going to do it now, now? And I was like, now. I, it. I was so encouraged to do what the Lord put on inside of me. Joshua 1 6 and 9 says, Be strong and of good courage. This is after Moses died. And then he told him again in the seventh verse, Only be strong and very courageous that you may do and observe according to the law which Moses commanded you. So God was encouraging Joshua because he knew he needed to be encouraged. That really set me free because sometimes you think, I'm good, you know, I'm all right. But sometimes you just need to be encouraged. You need to say, I got courage. Tell the devil, I'm, I'm courageous. Get out of here. And I found out that he would cripple you with fear. He would keep you bound up with years for fear. I can't. I won't. I don't know how. We're going to have to get rid, the, get rid of the excuses. Amen? Get moving. That was the point. Get moving. My last point is fulfill it. Keep the victory. Keep the victory. Keep the word on it. You're going to keep moving. You're going to keep the victory. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. Fight the good fight of faith in the conflict with evil. Take hold of the internal life to which you were called. For which, which you were made a good confession of faith In the presence of many witnesses. I like what pastor says. You're in a fight. So go ahead and fight. Just don't lay there. Fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Second Timothy 2 and 3 says. Take with me your share of hardships. As you pass through difficult times. Which are called to endure. Like a good soldier. In Christ Jesus. I like the analogy that Pastor used a few weeks ago about the Army Reserve. And I've lived enough life to be with some of those people who said, I'm going to the Reserve. You get benefits free. You get a house for a dollar. I was I grew up with some of those people. But then when the Gulf War happened, they were like, (laughs) they were shaking in their boots. But they signed up to fight. Now they was like, oh, there's no war coming. Nothing's going to happen. But you can't say that because you signed up to be in a battle. You signed up to be a, sh- a soldier. You know you signed up for the army of the Lord. You, you know that it's your time to fight and win. You can't lose because the battle's already won. It's his. He's the Lord. He's already won it for you, amen? So you get in there and you fight with all that you have. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. I love this scripture. If you don't have it highlighted in your Bible, please highlight it. The weapons... Of our warfare, not physical, this is from the amplified weapons of flesh and blood, but our weapons are divinely powerful destruction of fortresses. We destroy sophisticated arguments and every exalt and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Then you take every thought captive and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. That is so powerful to me. You got to fight. You got to fight, but you fight with the word of God. Amen? That's how you keep the victory. Ephesians 6 and 10, where it starts at 12, and it's the armor of God. You know, I realized that I I don't know what happened. I think in my head I, I learned, I turned the scriptures around when I was learning the word, and I made the armor go this way all the way down. And I just realized that one day when I. I was, praying. I was like, okay, it doesn't go like that. It goes in order for a reason. The, the, the weapons of our warfare are not coronal. So um, let me start reading some of that. So I, I, don't, I can't remember what happened while I was from head to toe, but we need to do it in the order. Amen. So 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Because you don't uh, wrestle against flesh and blood. You know, people are not against you. It's rulers. It's wickedness. It's the devil working in people. So you can't say that person per se that the devil is using them. You stand against that with the armor of God. So 13 starts with the complete armor of God. So you'll be able to stand successfully, resist, and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having everything done. To stand firm, fully grounded. So it starts with the belt, belt of truth around your waist. Then the breastplate of righteousness. Then your feet with peace. And then of all, above all, the protective shield of faith, which can extinguish all the fire, the flame and arrows of the wicked one. And then you take the helmet of salvation. And then the sword of the spirit. Amen. That's going to be critical. Very important for your walk. To keep the victory, you're going to have to keep the devil on the run. Amen? That's how you're going to win. That's how you're going to win. You signed up for the army. Opposition is coming. We can never be relaxed. We got to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding because he has a way for you to do it. Not the way you did it in the world with your girls or with your guys, but God's way. You've changed kingdoms, amen? You've switched kingdoms, amen? Amen. So in closing, um, I promise I wouldn't be before you long, but I do have questions and I have um, examples of what I have done Pastor posed this question one day in Bible study when he was teaching this. He said, what do you want to do when you were a child? That's probably a clue to what you're supposed to do. I know people when I was growing up, they said, I want to be a nurse. They're nurses now. They really are because that's what they, they wanted to do It was in them to do that. So this is what I know, and I pray it encourages you. Amen? At nine years old, I had a nervous condition. That caused me to up for several days in a row without stopping. It was so weird. Um, I went to the doctor, and I was diagnosed with some kind of nervous condition. But at nine, I had to start taking Valium. After that, I had these encounters with the devil. Uh, Figures walking in my room, touching me, shaking my bed. The devil was really trying to kill me and to take my mind. Uh... I missed a lot of uh, things in school when I was nine. It's things I can't recall, months of times I can't recall because I was in the war. And I went to a church and, you know, they did the best they could. And I talked to my mom and all that, but they knew as much as they knew. So I had a little kid's Bible, one of those little thick little Bibles with Jesus on it. He walking. And I read that Bible and it stopped. It stopped just cold. Now, I didn't give my life to Christ. I didn't understand all that. But I knew I could pick up that Bible and get the devil off of me. And that's what I did. Amen? So, um, years after this, after I gave my life to Christ, I started having dreams about casting out demons. I mean, like, every night, it would be like a whole series of demons. And um, I never could understand. I was like, God. And then I would talk to people because I feel kind of weird. I was like, you know, I had a dream about casting my demons last night. So I don't think I talked about it much. Actually, it's from I probably said it. But, yes, for years I've had that. Fast forward to now. Uh, I am a deliverance minister at this church. And God has given me the victory in that area. But it started when I was nine. The devil was trying, he knew, he saw up ahead what was going to happen, so he was trying to steal it. Amen? At 12 years old, I had yard sales in my grandmother's front yard. I was always that person that knew everybody in the neighborhood, and they would come and say, What you got today? And I was showing my little diaries and stuff. I don't know, I always had extra stuff. I think my grandmother would buy me things. But uh, I was a good salesperson, and, I, you know, I heard the word entrepreneur, and I was like, I like how that sounds. I want to be an entrepreneur. And I was just trying to make some money. So fast forward to 1997. The Lord gave me a floral business that is successful to this day. He gave it to me. That's why I'll never close it until he tells me to close it. He gave it to me in 1997. Amen. So another example in my last one in middle and high school I've always been a leader. I wasn't that person. You couldn't tell me nothing. I just was. So my friends would come to me for advice. They would be crying with all their boyfriend stuff, you know. And uh, I would give them advice, and they would listen. I was like, God just told her to do A, B, and C. And she's like, I did what you said, Alondria. And I, I never could understand that because I was like, I just it just was common sense to me, you know. It was just like, hey, just do A, B, and C. And they come back and almost sometimes trying to give me money. And I was like, no, nah, girl, just go on here. Fast forward today, I graduated with a degree in biblical counseling. And that wasn't my plan. When the Lord told me, I was like, you sure? I know I talked to girls in middle and high school, but, you know, I don't know. But yes, uh, I serve as a counselor, a kingdom a counselor. And I'm almost finished with my master's degree in... Uh, School counseling with mental health But the gifts have always been there I'm not making this up I can't make it up But they've always been there What do you know And what are you going to do about what you know Many of you I've seen you You've got prophesied in this church Of what you're supposed to do What are you doing about it How long are you going to sit on it How long are you going to stir on it What are you going to do about it Now is the time Amen so, praise God. We're here to help you. Um, your life can be the better if you do what God has called you to do. Amen. And that is all I have today. I pray that something I said can help you in your journey. If you're at find it, follow it and fulfill it. Do it with all your heart. Do it with all your might. And enjoy the relationship knowing Jesus. Enjoy knowing him as Lord and Savior. Amen and your life will be totally rich for it. Amen? Thank you.